Father, we thank you for this place that you have provided for us, a home. Lord, I pray for the guests that are among us today, that they would feel at home. I pray, Lord, for these children and their families as they come all this week with Vacation Bible School, that they will feel at home, that they will feel loved, that they will feel cared for. And God, as we gather in this place, we ask that you would speak loud and clear. We pray that you would teach us by your spirit and by your word. And Lord, I ask for your hand of favor. I ask for your hand of blessing, that I might be an instrument of encouragement and edification. And Lord, that you would grant me wisdom as I look at this passage and the outline and the illustrations and the applications. And I just pray that you would weave it together um, in a way that just honors you. And Lord, I really commit this message to you uh, as an act of worship. And I pray that your people would be edified. And Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation. And so we commit this time to you for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'll never forget being in Chick-fil-A a couple years ago. And it was after dinner and my daughter, uh, I took her into that enclosed little play space area. And I was the only parent in there with about 10 little kids. And they're screaming and running around and climbing and sliding down and jumping and carrying on. And my daughter was perfectly behaved, though, of course. And uh, then there's the little three-year-old boy started coming over to the bench where I was sitting. And he had more food, I think, on his shirt that went in his mouth. And he's clapping these gunky, sticky little hands together. And he's getting closer to me. And as he's approaching, I'm thinking, don't take another step. Keep your distance from me. Where are your parents, kid? And then he gets close and he puts one of those hands on my knee. Just kind of slimes it. And then he motions that he wants to drink out of my cup. I drew the line right there. You're not going to touch my cup. You're not going to touch my straw, okay? Some kids can be just plain messy and loud and gross at times. And kids spell things and they drop stuff and they scream and they make all kinds of interesting bodily noises. And coming this week... Vacation Bible School, we will have well over 500 kids in here. They will be screaming and carrying on and dropping and spilling and making messes, but praise God, they're going to be learning about Jesus. They're going to be learning about the Lord. And they're going to be memorizing Bible verses and singing songs of praise and growing in their understanding of God's creation and God's love for them. But some of us adults, some of us adults at times are just plain grumpy when it comes to kids. All we see are the messes, and all we hear is the noise, and we don't, we don't even like all this kid stuff up here this morning. They're taking over the new church already, and the pastor's preaching in a VBS t-shirt. My goodness, what have we come to? And we get grumpy about kids and kids stuff and kids ministry, and it's easy to be indifferent toward children. Sometimes we just try to ignore children and treat them as a necessary pain that we have to endure. And, and, and we'll put up with our own kids, or we'll put up with our own grandchildren, of course, because they never do anything wrong. But when it comes to other people's kids, you can have them. Well, that was never our Lord's attitude, and that was never an attitude the Lord wanted his followers to have. We need to have a, an attitude adjustment at times when it comes to kids and kids' ministry. And, and our goal should not be to ignore kids, but to impact them for the glory of God. And we're going to learn in a passage this morning just those lessons. So I want you to take your Bibles, if you have them, and turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. 
So we start our second message in our summer series. And today's message is, Got Kids? Welcome Home. The disciples are thinking they're doing Jesus a big favor. And Jesus is going to teach them a very important lesson about ministry and ministering to kids. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Read along as I read. Verse 13 of Mark 10. And they were bringing children to him, that is to Jesus, so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. How do we develop a proper attitude toward kids and ministry, and how do we impact kids for Christ? The first thing we see here is bring the kids. Bring the kids! And we have people who are taking the responsibility to do just that. It says they were bringing children to him. They. Now, we immediately think it's moms. But actually, the participle in the Greek is masculine. And so this is not limited to moms. It can include men and dads and grandparents and siblings and relatives and neighbors. It includes everybody, you and me. In other words, bring kids to Jesus. Talk to kids about the Lord. Teach children about Jesus. We have a great opportunity this coming week to do just that. Bring kids this week. Bring your neighbor kids this week. Bring the relatives this week. Bring every kid that you can possibly find and get them to Jesus. And he says bring. It's an imperfect tense. It means keep on bringing and don't stop bringing. Bring them and bring them again and bring them and bring them again. And he says bring the children unto me. You may say, well, is that little kids or is it big kids? Well, actually, the word is the same word used in the Greek of Jairus' 12-year-old daughter. In Mark chapter 5, verse 23, and we see in verse 42. In a parallel passage, the word used there is brepe, meaning babies. Luke 18, 15. So it was kids of every age. In other words, kids of all ages need to be brought to Jesus. No matter their age, bring them. And bring them to Jesus. I want you to notice. It doesn't say bring them to the water park. Bring them to soccer practice. Bring them to basketball camp, bring them to swim lessons, bring them to the movies, bring them to a friend's house. They're bringing them to Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with sports and camps and friends and summer activities, but don't miss what is most important, and don't miss who is most important when it comes to your children. Our first priority is the care of kids' souls. Their soul is more important than any sports team or trophy. Their their soul is more important than any academic achievements. Their, Their soul is more important than any hobby they may have. Their soul is more important than any musical accomplishments. Their soul is what is most important. Don't allow the secular to squeeze out the spiritual in your kid's life. Do not allow what is secular to squeeze out what is spiritual. That is what is most important. Get them to Jesus. They were bringing them to Jesus. Why? So that he might touch them. I want you to understand, nothing compares to the touch of Jesus on a child's life. There's no touch like the touch of our Lord. 
The touch of our Lord is a, a powerful, life-transforming touch. And it, it's, a, it's a never be the same kind of touch. And it's an instantly and eternally changing kind of touch. I want you, I want you to get this. I mean, I want more than anything my kids to be touched by the Lord. More, more than anything. I mean, I want God to leave his mark on their lives and shape their lives and his hand to guide their lives and bless them and give them meaning and purpose and his finger to point them in the right direction in this life. I mean, I want them to be saved in an early age and, and grow in him and stay committed to him for the le- rest of their lives because statistics are pretty scary. Barner Research in Faith That Last Project found that 59% of young Christians disconnect from church either permanently or for an extended time after the age of 15. 59% of young people after the age of 15 will disconnect either permanently or for an extended time from church. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why they do that, and we have an orange sheet with a, with a summary of, of Barna's research in the foyer at the ministry information booth if you want to look at that, and I would encourage you to look at that. We do our best here at Harvest to make sure that your kids are touched by the love of Jesus. I want you to understand that. It starts in the nursery where they're loved and cared and prayed for and we give opportunity for public commitment uh, with child dedications and, and baptisms and a class for baptism that they go through so that they understand and it's explained carefully. We have Sunday school classes for all the ages and we even have a special, special for special needs kids, we have something called special buddies, one-on-one time that we're implementing right now where they'll be one-on-one in those classes with special needs kids. We have church, they can come in here, they can sit with you, they can learn. We have Wednesday night discovery lab, ages uh, first through sixth grade and kids club, age three through five and Awana will launch again in September, the Sunday after Labor Day. What a great ministry Awana is. All those different ages, the kids have so much fun but yet they they learn the scripture. We have our Ignite Youth Ministries, junior high on Wednesday night and senior high on Thursday night and in the fall, we'll combine them in the old sanctuary where they'll worship together and then divide up in the teaching time. We have the landing on Friday night, junior and senior high ministry of Celebrate Recovery for kids who are dealing with personal struggles. And then, of course, Vacation Bible School. And by the way, it's free. A lot of churches charge. We don't charge a thing. It's free. Bring the kids and let them learn about the Lord. But I want you to understand, we can do all these things as a church. But it all begins with committed parents and people bringing children to Jesus. It begins with you. We can do everything we can as a church, but it begins with you. Barner Research further found that 61% of those who attend a church as a child will still attend regularly as adult. Get them in church. 78% of those who did not attend church as a child are still absent from the church. Get those kids in church. Bring them and keep bringing them as close to Jesus as possible. Bring kids to Jesus, by the way, might just bring you back to Jesus. My wife was four years old when she said something to her dad, my father-in-law. At the age of four, she asked this question. Daddy, who is God? And it was one of the things that God used in my father-in-law's to break his heart because he had a daughter that didn't even know who God was. And it was used of the Lord to bring him back to the Lord. Barner Research 
concluded that after having kids, 17% of parents reconnected to church after a long period of not attending. Maybe that's you. Maybe God is drawing you back to himself through your children. 20% of parents become, became more involved in church after having children. And 5% of parents became active in church for the very first time. They weren't church going ever. And God used those kids to grab a hold of their hearts. You got kids? Welcome home. Truly, welcome home. How do you impact kids for Christ? Bring them. How do you impact kids for Christ? Look at verse 13 again. Permit the kids. Bring the kids, but permit the kids. The disciples were doing just the opposite. They they were rebuking them, rebuking the parents and rebuking the kids. I mean, you have some very confused spiritual leaders right here. And these were Jesus' disciples. They spend more time with Jesus than anyone. You'd think they understood what ministry was all about. Very important lesson. Sometimes the most spiritual are the least spiritual when it comes to ministry to kids. Sometimes the most spiritual people are the least spiritual people when it comes to ministry to children, when it comes to caring for kids, when it comes to teaching children, when it comes to serving kids. They rebuke the people. They rebuke the kids. Hey, get those kids out of here. Hey, hey, this isn't the time for children to bother the Lord. Hey, could you please keep them quiet right now? The Lord's trying to teach. The imperfect tense means they kept rebuking and they kept reprimanding and they kept rebuking and they reprimanded them again and they rebuked them again. How do you think those parents felt and those people felt? About that big? Felt pretty dumb? Hurting the parents' feelings? turning them off spiritually. I want you to understand the disciples were hurting the cause of Christ by rejecting children. You can hurt the cause of Christ by standing in the way of children's ministry. They they were polarizing the parents from being spiritually impacted is what they were doing. Hood Wilson's mom told him on the day of his ordination, every time you lay your hand on a child's head, you are laying it on a mother's heart. It's good advice. Every time you lay your hand on a child's head, you are laying it on a mother's heart. How we treat children has a direct impact on reaching their parents. How we treat parents or kids has a direct impact on reaching parents. You may say, well, why were the disciples rebuking these kids and rebuking these parents? Well, because Jesus is too important for children. That's what they thought. They thought kids' ministry isn't real ministry. Maybe because Jesus is too busy for kids. This was adult time, adult interaction going on, adult teaching taking place. Uh, Adult needs were more pressing and more important than touching some kid on the head. It's like going to a skating rink or going to a pool, and it's it's adult swim right now. Kids out of the pool. Kids off the floor. You know, this is adult time. Maybe it's because kids are noisy and distracting. Jesus is trying to teach, and people are trying to listen, and they're trying to shield everybody from these interruptions and distractions. Now, I do want you to understand, parents do have a responsibility to keep their kids under control. I have kids, many of you have kids. It's our responsibility to keep our kids under control. In the bulletin today, we've given you some helpful guidelines for parents, and you can look at those guidelines, that insert in your bulletin. Here are some of them. We want you to know that kids are welcome in worship. Many churches do not welcome kids into worship. As a matter of fact, they tell you when you walk in, oh, we have children's church, we don't want your kids in worship. Or they cordon off a separate area, put your kids back there and that's where you guys sit. 
We welcome kids to sit with their parents. They can sit in school, they can sit in church, and they can learn important spiritual truths. We want them to sing. We encourage them to sing. Never doubt, never doubt the ability of a child to be spirit-filled. Even John the Baptist, we learned, was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was in the womb. Children can be filled with the Holy Spirit and worship God. Uh, we want them to take notes. We want them to learn. If they see parents taking notes, they learn to take notes. And, and we would ask you not to give your kids an iPad or a smartphone to play games. This, this isn't a time to entertain children. This is a time for them to sit and listen and to learn. And we want little ones to partake as well. And there's age-appropriate children's bulletins that we keep on the tables in the back. My child, my seven-year-old came up to me afterward or before the service and said, Hey, Daddy, I, I need to get a kid's bulletin. So she went back and got it. And there's verses in there and, th- and activities that they can do, but they can learn. You may say, well, what do I do if my kid's crying? Well, we have a cry room right back in the corner there. It's not just for adults. It's for... <laughs> it's a kid's cry room. They're carrying on. Walk them back there. Wave. See, let's see if there's anybody back there. And you can listen in. I see a hand back there. You can listen in to the service, and they can see us in there as well. And, and I love what somebody said. A crying baby is like a New Year's resolution. They're best carried out. There's a lot of truth to that. Okay? Crying babies like a New Year's resolution, they're best carried out, all right? Now, now, I, I also want to encourage you to go potty beforehand. Yes, you and your children. Use the bathroom before you come in. And we have even a children or a family restroom that we designed into the building. You take all your kids in there, okay? Whatever needs you have, you can take care of it in there. If you come into church and every single Sunday, that same child every Sunday has to go potty. I want you to understand something. They're training you, not you training them. They've got you figured out that you're going to take them out there and then they get a break and they get to go out there. And it's time for you to learn that they've been training you and your job is to train them. Don't let your child train you. And by the way, we do have nursery and Sunday school classes fully staffed with very caring and, and wonderful people, okay? They take care of your kids and my kids. And, and, but I do want to recommend, as I've talked to the uh, directors of our children's ministries, not to just leave your kids in two Sunday school classes, unless they're five or younger. Bring your older kids to, to the service. Let them learn. Let them sing. Let them be impacted okay? They, they can grow spiritually if they're five and older in this place. Now, we need to grow in our sensitivity when it comes to ministering to the youngest among us, and, and some churches don't appreciate kids' ministry. I want you to understand, we appreciate kids' ministry, obviously. Look around. I mean, we do, and, and, and I'm a little biased, but there is, there is like no church that does kids' ministry like this church. Our servants, our leaders on staff and volunteers are phenomenal, we have an incredible ministry to children and, uh, and take advantage of it and praise God for the people who, who really oversee our children's ministry. Um, sometimes it's older people, though, who grumble and complain. And, you know, I don't know about these kids in the service. I want to encourage you, sit farther f- forward then. If you don't like distractions around you, by the way, there's always seats available toward the front. So I, I would say if you don't like distractions, why don't you start sitting, sitting closer to the front? And sometimes it's maybe the slightly older who have a problem with the slightly younger, like the senior high who don't want the junior high to worship together with them. Oh, get over it, junior senior hires. You have an opportunity to impact the younger ones. Don't, don't be so cliquish 
Don't be so the, my groupish, okay? Reach out to those people around you and let the Lord use you as well. Some people in some churches don't appreciate kids' ministry. We do, and we will continue to do that. By the way, we make room for kids. We just gave the entire Ignite Youth Ministry our old sanctuary. It's theirs. You know what I've, I've, I've termed it? It's, it's been euthanized. <laughs> it's true. It's what they've done to the old sanctuary, but that's just what they've done. And, and by the way, I want to tell you in, in adult ABFs, adult, adult, adult uh, Bible fellowships, you may need to flex in the future. You, you just need to know this right now. If we run out of room for kids' ministries, ABFs may need to change times. You may need to come before the first service or come at night or some other time. The children's ministries will be the priority. You need to know that. Why? Because it was for Jesus, and that's how it's going to be here as well. How do you impact kids for Christ? Bring the kids. Permit the kids. Thirdly, defend the kids. Look what Jesus does in in verse 14. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant said to them, permit the children to come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus didn't like what he saw. Well, what did he see? He saw parents being turned away, disheartened and discouraged. He saw children denied the opportunity to come to him. Why? Simply because they were kids. He saw disciples that were acting more like Pharisees than his followers, being rude and harsh and insensitive. And he's ticked off. The Lord Jesus was angry and upset. He was mad. He was indignant. Who gave them authority to deny anyone access to me? Who appointed you disciples to be the official baby bouncers, as it were? Who do you guys think you are? God has always had a heart for children. Children are his special concern. We read in Psalm 68.5 that he is a father of the fatherless. Psalm 127.3, we read that children are his special gift. Children are a gift of the Lord. Children are his special instruments of praise in Matthew 21.16. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise for yourself. And children are God's special interest of protection in Matthew 18.6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. God has always had a heart for children. And so Jesus speaks up on behalf of these kids. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. I want you to understand this was a serious enough offense that Jesus addresses it. He doesn't let this slide. He doesn't ignore it as no big deal. When kids are shortchanged, you speak up. When kids are overlooked, you speak up. When kids are being mistreated, you speak up. That's what Jesus teaches us. He says, permit them, don't police them. Permit them, meaning immediately give them access to me now. And I want you to get this, Jesus stopped what he was doing and gave children his full attention right there and on the spot. If ministry to children is this important to Jesus, ministry to children better be that important to you and me. If ministry to children was this important to Jesus, ministry to children better be this important in this church. He also teaches that serving children is real ministry and serving children 
is very important ministry. Never forget that, you who serve in children's ministry. You work in the nursery, you work with youth, you work with children. Don't you ever forget how important your ministry is. You have the heart of Jesus, is what it teaches. Do not forget that. You have real ministry. You have an important ministry, and you are making a difference. And he says, do not hinder them. Literally, stop hindering them. Enough already, guys. So the disciples rebuke the parents, and Jesus rebukes the disciples who rebuked the parents. We learn that hindering children's ministry is never the work of God. Highlighting children's ministry is always the work of God. And that Jesus didn't need protection from children. Jesus needed protection from the wrong attitudes of adults toward children. The Lord doesn't need protection from kids. He needs protection from adults who have the wrong attitude toward kids and ministering. Now, when Jesus says, do not hinder them, understand what he's saying. I have time for kids. I make time for kids. When Jesus said, don't hinder them, he said, I have time for children, and I make time for children. Don't be too busy for children. Put the newspaper away. Turn off the TV. The yard work can wait. Put the project on hold. Spend time with children. And you, know, you may say, well, well, you don't understand how busy I am. You weren't as busy as Jesus, okay? And by the way, Jesus said this with the shadow of the cross in sight. He was on his way to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. He said this with suffering, staring him in the face. Don't you think his mind was a little preoccupied more than yours? And he said, you know what? I will make time and I will take time for children. And he's saying the same thing to you and me. Make time time and take time for the children the kingdom of god belongs to such as these kids are an important part of god's kingdom that's what we need to learn the kingdom of god belongs to such as these in other words children possess heaven just as much as adults listen carefully adults you don't have a monopoly on heaven and children are not second class citizens of heaven and sometimes we treat them that way They're not second-class citizens of heaven. Don't treat them like they are. Don't talk to them like they are. We had a Sunday night service a couple months ago. Sarah Hammond, who attends here, brought her kids to church. They weren't going to come. It had been a crazy day, a bad night, plenty of reasons to stay home, and she felt convicted that she needed to be here for the baptismal service. So she brought her family. One of them was a six-year-old Jacelyn who sat in the service. And as Jacelyn sat in the service... She listened to the testimonies. She heard the plan of salvation. And unbeknownst to her family, she prayed to receive Christ at the end of the service. Not until after the service did this little six-year-old tell her mommy and her family what she did. Jacelyn is now doing some lessons for the Lord, and she's planning on being baptized. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Get them into God's house and let the Lord work. And reach for children. Reach children while they're young. George Barna put it this way. If people do not embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior before they reach their teenage years, their chance of doing so at all is what? Is slim. That should scare us. 
Here's another stat. 64% of Christians make the commitment to Christ before the age of 18. 64% of people come to faith before the age of 18. 43 before they're 13. 13% before the age of, uh, between the ages of 18 and 21. And by the way, those figures have held for over 20 years. Understand that. And it's probably true among us. I'd like you to raise hands. How many of you came to faith as a teenager or younger? Raise your hands. Just raise them. Look around. That's most people in this room. Reach people for Christ as soon as possible. Bring the kids. Permit the kids. Defend the kids. Proper attitude toward kids in ministry. Look at verse 15. Learn from kids. They have so much to teach us. Don't just ignore them. The Lord is saying, learn. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he says, whoever does not receive it. In other words, this kingdom you must choose to receive. It won't be forced on you. You can reject the kingdom of God. And and this kingdom is of God. It is not a kingdom of men. And he says, you must receive it like a child. Well, think about a child. He's saying heaven is comprised of people with childlike characteristics. I'll say it again. Heaven is comprised of people with childlike characteristics. Think of a little child. They're humble. They're not impressed with their own importance. They're sincere. There's a genuine honesty. They're vulnerable, transparent, and real. They're eager. They're, they're ready to learn and grow and experience and do, and they're very, very trusting. Just an unwavering faith and belief. You know what he says? That's how you need to be if you're ever going to get into heaven. You need to be humble and sincere and vulnerable and eager and trusting, unwavering faith and belief. Children teach us what it means to trust. Even yesterday, my, my youngest daughter, uh, Raina, she's seven years old. She was standing on the stairs and she said, Daddy, I'm going to jump. Catch me. And so what did I do? Boom. No. She jumped and I just caught her and wrapped my arms around her and held her tight and we swirled around and I said, you want to do it again? She said, yeah. And so she went back on the stairs and we did it again. The Lord is teaching us a lesson. How young people feel and act toward their parents is how adults must feel and act toward God. When is the last time you just jumped into the arms of your heavenly father and said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this health concern that I have, but I'm going to trust you. Catch me, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to handle this relationship breakup I'm going through. I don't know how I'm going to make it financially, Lord, but I'm jumping into your arms. I'm going to trust you. And some of you need to do that today. You haven't been acting like a little child towards your heavenly father. You've been acting too grown up thinking you got it all under control and you're strong enough and you're smart enough. And God is saying, would you be my little child again? Would you just trust me? Would you jump into my arms? And he says, and that's how heaven starts. You can't go to heaven until you become like a little child. And some of us here are too proud. We're just too smart. We're too self-assured. We're too good in our own eyes. And I want you to understand, you're not going to heaven. Not until you humble yourself before God and become vulnerable and completely place your faith and trust in him. You you must become as a child. In other words, you must be born again is what you must be. The end of the service, I'll lead you in a prayer of salvation, a time when you can place your faith in the Lord. And I wanna encourage you to do that if you've not done that, to become a child, 
and ask God to save you from your sins. Bring the kids, permit the kids, defend the kids, learn from kids. And verse 16, bless the kids. Bless the kids. That, that's how we impact kids for Christ. He says, it says here, he took them in his arms. Bless them with physical affection and tenderness. Parallel passage, Luke 18, 16, Jesus called for them. He called for those kids and he took them up in his arms and he lifted up the smallest ones and held them and cradled them in his arms. That's how much the Lord loves children. And he didn't care if they were crabby or crying or squirmy or smelly. He loved kids. So he blessed them with physical affection and tenderness and he blessed them with spiritual favor. It says here he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. What was he doing? He was praying for them. He was offering up prayers on their behalf. He was asking for the Father's favor and blessing and protection and guidance. I was laying in bed with Raina the other night, my seven-year-old girl, and as I was laying there, I was just praying a prayer of blessing over her, praying that she would love the Lord with all her heart and her soul, her mind and her strength, and have God's wisdom and God's protection all the days of her life. And just about every night, I want you to understand, I, I sneak into my kids' rooms, and, and many a night I've been on my knees while they were asleep, and I kiss them on the cheek and I get on my knees and I pray over those babies of mine. Now, my older ones are stay up later than me, so I got to do it in the morning now. <laughs> but I, I want to encourage you, pray over your children and pray over other children. If, if you work the nursery, pray over those babies. You're, you're teaching a Sunday school class, pray over those kids. You're working with our Ignite Youth Ministry, pray over those teens. Pray over those kids. Pray over the kids in your neighborhood and ask God to save their souls. And he laid his hands on them. It was a physical symbol of God's blessing and God's approval. Matthew 19, 13, the parallel passage, the children were brought that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And that's just what Jesus did. Bless them with physical affection and bless them with spiritual favor. Why? Because we love them. And that's why the Lord did it. Because he loves the little children. Will you sing it with me? Let's sing it together. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So bring the kids, permit the kids, defend the kids, learn from kids, and bless the kids. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you for the heart that you have for children that is modeled through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, change us and teach us to have this kind of heart for all kids, not just our own. We pray in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just talk to the Lord right now. Maybe there are some children that you are burdened for in your neighborhood that you need to pray for. Do that right now. Maybe it's your own kids or grandkids. Intercede for their souls. Maybe there are some priorities that need to change. You need to have your kids in youth ministry. You need to have them in Sunday school. You need to have them in the service. You need to have them in VBS. You've been allowing the secular to squeeze out what is spiritual. No more. Make that commitment to God.
Maybe it's just confessing a sin of a grumpy attitude toward kids. You're always whining and complaining instead of seeking to impact them. Talk to God about that. For some of you, you just need to thank God for the ministry you have with children. For others, you need to sign up and serve. You need to be a part of the youth ministry or children's ministry in this church. And you've been putting it off, but God has spoken to you today. I want to encourage you to do that. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I told you early in the service that I would lead you in a prayer of salvation. Some of you need to become children. You need to become children of God. You need to be humble and vulnerable and trusting of the Lord. And you may say, Scott, that's me. I need God in my life. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to be his child. What do I do? In the quietness of this heart right now, I just want to encourage you to call out in faith to God. Just call out in faith in the quietness of your heart. And you can use words like these, Lord Jesus, I want to be your child. I need to be a child of God. Please forgive me of all my sin. Please save me from all my sin. I'm trusting in you, Lord. I'm placing my faith in you, Lord. I can't save myself. Only you can save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me that much. Forgive me, I pray in Jesus' name.